y'all. This week on the That's What She Said with Danny podcast, Danny and I decided to give you guys an even further peek behind the curtain and discuss a little bit about how the coronavirus epidemic has impacted us. So I'll go first. We're in New York, and obviously it's very serious here. We're all under a stay-at-home order. And we're very lucky. We're very blessed because we are still able to function. We still have our health. But mentally, I think it's tough because we can't go anywhere. We have to wear masks in order to go even stepping outside of our building to go to the grocery store, you have to wait in line. Everyone has to social distance. And really the only place you can go is the grocery store, maybe to go get a prescription at a CVS or a Rite Aid if you need it. Um, and other than that, it's stay in your apartment. It's trying to figure out ways to work out at home, to keep yourself entertained at home, to not go crazy at home. Luckily we have friends, we have therapy, we have FaceTime and Zoom calls, which have helped us out and helped us stay sane. And my favorite part about the way New York shows its resiliency is that every night at seven o'clock, everyone claps outside their window for all of the frontline workers to give our little bit of thanks to say, you know, you're putting yourselves at risk and we really appreciate it. So even though it's hard, we are finding moments of levity to try and make this just a little bit easier. I think you put that really well. Everything you said is really real. And we've been on lockdown since the second week of March, I think. And you forget what day it is. I'm sure everyone has experienced that. And it's kind of hard to sleep at night sometimes. And my potato chip bags are not lasting very long in the apartment these days. Um, the thing that I try to remember, and it's a constant reminder, is what do you have, not what do you not have anymore? What are you missing? I think it's really easy for you and I to say, we don't, we're not going into a studio every day to host the rundown. We're not going to work a sideline for whatever job you have that week our lives and the things that fill us with so much joy have stopped. And it's really easy to think, I don't have this. I don't get to do that. My year is ruined. And it's so easy to just say it and throw it out. But I've been trying to remind myself what I do have. I have my health. My family has their health. And it's, it's weird because everyone has been reaching out and asking how we're doing. And I'm so grateful for that. But I think what people don't realize is we're not out there. We don't see the horrors that are happening for the most part. And when we go to the grocery store, it's a scene out of a movie, watching people stand six feet apart. So, you know, for all the hard moments, I have been trying to just take some time to write down what I'm grateful for or just meditate in the morning. That has been helping me a lot. Just taking like seven, eight minutes before I touch my phone or look online to see what people are doing to fill their days right now. Just like taking some time to like visualize what I still want for myself and what I see for myself. And I think the most important thing, Lex, and you and I probably, this resonates really hard, is just reminding yourself that you're still you. So today we have A's closer, Liam Hendricks, who's going to join us in a couple minutes here on our Zoom cast. Actually, Liam is here. So we're going to bring him in now and get a chance to ask him all these questions and have some um, 
some human moments. Hi, Liam. It's Alexa and Danny in New York. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How about you guys? We're doing okay. Actually, we were just talking before we had you jump on the podcast about, honestly, what's going on in our lives right now. So we're both in New York and we were talking about the stay-at-home order and what that means for both of us being in the city and being on complete lockdown. And as I was doing some research to have you on the podcast, I came across, you know, how you've been affected by the coronavirus. Yeah, so my wife and I, are, um, we're still in Arizona. We live in Florida, but we uh, we stuck it out in Arizona just because at, at the onset of it, we weren't sure how long this is going on. We kind of were, there were so many different numbers and, and kind of dates floating around in everybody's minds. So we just decided to stick it out here. I had access to a mound. I had access to people to throw with. And then we got put on the uh, the lockdown here as well. So I've been throwing into a sock. I've got a, I've got a net at the back that I've been throwing into. And then I've just been able to kind of do that. But it's been it's been interesting going back to like the 14, 15-year-old days where you're figuring out how to do a workout in the backyard or just figuring out certain things like that, just try and stay busy. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been pretty tough just being able to stay inside. Luckily, we're um, like we have a weekly day where we go to go to the grocery store and get, get all the supplies. We've, uh, we're fostering a dog right now. We've got Luella here who um, she actually had a broken leg. So we got that fixed she's got a little bit of a cast on right now running around and with our two dogs and two cats we got in the house but yeah i think that the, the animals have made this uh the quarantining a lot easier for us yeah absolutely so what have you learned from this situation that you can pass on to others who might not understand the severity of it to give them a little bit more insight yeah obviously the the severity of it is like depending on who you talk to it's either blown out way out of proportion or completely just misunderstood and people are thinking it's nothing so there's uh there's there's varying degrees of how everyone's coping with everything we've got a friend who lives in new york who has been on uh he's been pretty much at his house for the last three weeks or so and he's kind of just uh going through the day like it's it's tough on him he's a single guy who lives in the city and it's just goes he's used to that interaction he's a very kind of social butterfly he's always being outside so it's been really tough on him Luckily for me, like I'm a bit more of a homebody, so I've been able to sit on the couch and, and read and have the dogs on my lap and, and kind of do that. But um, I think the biggest thing is, is just whatever information you get, make sure it's corroborated on different websites. Like at the end of the day, like if, no matter who you're hearing it from, there's always going to be something. If, if you can get it kind of defined by different couple of different places, then you can actually start to believe things. There's been so much misinformation coming out throughout the process. And, and nowadays with um, just reading certain things online, whether it be from a certain website or just double checking on one of the things, just uh, getting that information, making sure everything is truthful and is from kind of a, a multitude of different ways is, uh, is going to help ease the panic. That's really great advice. Very sound and thought out and thoughtful, which is what we need right now more than ever, I think. And just echoing what Alexa said, grateful that you have some time for us today to kind of walk us through this. And I think a lot of people are probably wondering how this is going to change baseball. And obviously we're still wondering what 2020 brings, but maybe in some of the nuances of how you pitch, how you pick up a ball, what you do um, with baseballs and your hands and, and all of those things that as a fan, you don't really think when you're watching, but as someone who plays the game, you might be thinking about a lot more now. Yeah, I did a thing with uh, Susan Slosser of the San Francisco Chronicle a couple of weeks ago, and it was, and she even mentioned it, like the amount of guys, the way guys lick their fingers before they put it on the ball and 
certain things like that. It's just, it's a habit of mine. Like I go to my mouth a lot and it's, I wipe it off my pants, but obviously it's just, it's one of those things, but you think about it, like how many, the bowl, as soon as the balls are taken out of the wrapper, they get the mud put on it and then it gets transported to how many different people's hands. And then say someone picks up the bat and it's the bat off the ball and say it's a routine ground ball to the shortstop. It goes shortstop to the first baseman, to the second baseman, back to the shortstop, back to the third baseman, back to the pitcher. It's just there's so many different hands that it's touching at all times that it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I think it's, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see what happens for sure. Liam, we're going to play a game called Scale of 1 to 10 to get to know what you're doing right now at home under the quarantine a little bit better. So when you answer, if it's a 1, you hold up a 1 and say 1. If it's a 10, hold up a 10 and say 10. Since we have Zoom, we'll use the visual medium. So scale of 1 to 10, what's your food intake like right now? Oh, my food intake is a 10. I had boredom eat like no other. It's terrible. Like I, I had a conversation with my wife, like you cannot stop buying snacks because I have no self-control when it comes to just snacking at all. That's exactly how we are. We have no self-control. We were literally just housing chips right before we started this. And I was like, do not let me finish this bag of chips right now, please. <laughs> oh my gosh. What about new hobbies? Scale of one to 10. How many new ones have you learned? Uh, I mean, it's probably about a five. I, um, so I've got, a, I've got a, a hockey kind of a stick handling set that I've been kind of going back and forth on. It's just a look of almost like a ply board with some that you put like a spray on it and then it has like an electronic puck so you take it from the light to different lights and you have to try and beat your high score and stuff like that um i've taken up video gaming a lot more than i usually do usually that's just an on the road thing i've been i finished a book actually this morning so uh, but that's that's my normal stuff i read a lot i we've been taking the dogs for walks which is which is normal but yeah, I mean, I mean, my wife's taken up oil painting, if that counts as one of mine. So she's been doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things we're doing. We're, we're realizing how many times the dogs can go fetch a toy before they just decide to call it a day and, and sit back down on your lap. There's, uh, there's a lot of things we've been trying to do to keep busy, but a lot of it's just been watching TV, and unfortunately, it's not that exciting. Liam, scale of 1 to 10, how many Zoom calls or FaceTimes have you rejected? Oh, Zoom calls rejected. I, to be honest, it's, it's more along the one. I tend to agree to do a lot of the things because one, it breaks up the tediousness of day-to-day -day living. But two, it's like I'm not opposed to talking to people. I'm not one of those people who's shy about anything. It's just, if you want an interview, I'm going to try and make it as fun as possible. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it. Will you do a Zoom call for us when our friends ask us to do one? Can we just have you replace us? <laughs> Uh, I did a I did one actually the other day with um, it was a church group with uh, Chris Coley who was a singer at one of the uh, events that I've been to that they were like look reach out to the most famous person you know well he reached out to me because I, I don't know the other 15 people didn't answer probably <laughs> but as I'm getting onto the call there was um, Candace Cameron Bure who was sitting on the call so it's like I'm I'm just getting completely outshadowed here this is disappointing <laughs> But it was it was cool, especially with the Zoom stuff where you can add like the backgrounds and there was a there was a girl in there who had the Tiger King background in the back and it was just there was a lot going on for a for a church group call and this guy was in Georgia but it was set up through Tennessee. There was people in San Diego. It was, it was all over the country. It was pretty cool. So you're keeping busy, which is good. So scale of one to ten, where's the level of annoying your wife? 
Oh, and knowing my wife is, is a 10. It's rock high. I mean, we have, we have our moments. I mean, that's part of the reason I've taken up video gaming a little bit more because I get into the other room and we just have that kind of little bit of a separation. But it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot more of me annoying her than her annoying me. Uh, it's just, I, apparently I have that, that personality. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, scale of one to 10, how many times have you gotten up off the couch only to forget why you got up in the first place? So that, that entails me getting up off the couch to start off with. Um, yeah, it's it's probably like a two. I've gotten up a couple of <laughs> times and then the only times I get off the couch and take the dogs outside, get a snack or make another coffee because I've been going through an absolute boatload of coffees and that's uh, that's been about it. It's just it's making sure I'm drinking coffee, then staying hydrated and taking the dogs out. That's pretty much it. And how many times are you actually putting on street clothes to do this scale of one to 10? Probably about four. I mean, I put on regular clothes, not very often. A lot of us just, even my like landering around clothes are just tend to be, uh, like t-shirts like this and, the, and a pair of shorts. And, and that's what I'm in. Like I, I put on jeans the other day for the first time, I think throughout the entire process because they're in Arizona it's starting to heat up a little bit. There's just no point in jeans, but, yeah, it's, it's, I think I've worn, usually I'm a jeans guy to the field, from the field all the time. But yeah, three about once in the last three weeks that I put on jeans. That's been, been weird. I don't think I put on long socks in, since everything started. <laughs> Good, that saves for laundry. You don't have to do so much yeah. laundry. Exactly. A scale of one to 10, how's your grooming game with your beard trimming and haircuts? Uh, well, I haven't had a haircut since this all started. As you can, I've always had a little bit longer hair the last couple of years, but the sides are getting a little bit much. Um, that is an amazing side. hairdo. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little, it's a, it's a bit of a lettuce top right now, but my wife trimmed the back of my neck a little bit because that was starting to merge into the back of my shirt. Um, but that, like I trim the beard up every now and then it's still not enough that I, not as much as I normally do, but it's just, there's only so many times you're going to try and impress the wife and it just goes for no So. I, I keep it. She'll, she'll let me know when it gets too long because if, when I give her a kiss at night, it'll start stabbing her lip. And so we have to, that's, that's why it's the one I know that I need to trim everything up. I love when that. When the kisses start to hurt, then it's time to take the scissors to them. Yeah. <laughs> Scale of one to 10, our final one. How many times are you walking around the house holding a baseball? Uh, I mean, it goes through spurts. So right now I'm at a one, which I'm not doing it too much, but then I'll do something and all of a sudden I'll be just be fiddling around with grips and then I'll be walking around for three days with a baseball in my hand. Just being, just holding it, just kind of walking around like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it goes back and forth. I've got my little gyroscope spinner thing that I walk around with a lot. And then I've got this finger ball, like this thing with rubber, just rubber bits to each finger and the thumb and there's a rubber ball in the middle that so you just sit there and kind of, tense up and it's just that that's pretty much what I walk around with a little bit but generally it's it's I don't walk around with too much because then I have to put the book down or the coffee down and this it's, it's sacrifice that we made that's good stuff all right we're gonna play a little game we like to call show and tell baseball edition so we're gonna give you 10 seconds and we would like you to find the most interesting thing in your house and bring it back to show us let me see what I can find real quick okay okay I'm trying to look for one of my cats Yes, Winnie. Let's get Winnie on the podcast. That's Winnie is mean. currently sleeping somewhere. I didn't get Winnie, but I got my little bundle of joy who falls asleep in between my legs every night. Oh my goodness. So, who is this? So this is Stella. Oh my god. I actually did a thing with uh Chris and there's Jack. Can I say hello? <laughs>
But I was uh, I was on a thing with uh, Christopher Russo this morning, and when he was trying to knock the camera down, and so she was in my lap the entire time. So she's a black a black tortoiseshell cat, and then we have Temperance Brennan, who's a kind of a dilute tortoise. And then we've got Stella and Jack are the two dogs that we've got here, but they're definitely the most interesting. Winnie's a little bit, uh, a little bit crazy. Like we did a TikTok video of her to she's sweet, but a psycho. <laughs> so she's, um, yeah, she has her moments where she's munching on tree leaves or she's, we have stairs in the place we're in right now. So she's running up and down the stairs and by running, I mean, absolutely peeling out of the stairs. So my wife went and grabbed Winnie for us. Yes. <laughs> so here's, and- this is Winnie. Liam, what's she your goes, wife's name again? My wife's name is Christy. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Christy. They said thank you. So this is Winnie. She goes back and forth between Winnie Cooper and Winnie Sanderson, depending on her mood. <laughs> Winnie Sanderson's from um, Hocus Pocus, and Winnie Cooper's from the uh, the Wonder Years. Wonder Years. A little Jekyll and Hyde yeah. there, I see. Yeah. Yeah, but she's uh, <laughs> she's she's the best. She's a little clumsy, so she's definitely she's definitely my cat over Christy's cat. But we've, you know, we've we've had some videos of of her because we've been putting the nail core covers on just to make sure she doesn't tear everything up in the house we're in right now. And now, then, wait, yeah, you so, said you're on TikTok. Yeah, my wife set up a TikTok account. And she's been doing things. I cannot dance. My wife used to be a professional cheerleader. And so she, she has all the moves and she tries teaching them to me. And then we just go back and forth about me having absolutely <laughs> no idea how to dance. Yeah, so there's some so certain things like I did... Um, she was trying to get me to do like the savage dance and then some Can other we see? on no god no i am so bad and she gave up very very quickly just on the base <laughs> just based on how <laughs> bad i am at dancing i'm impressed you're on it i i am just looking for baseball players who can dance i feel like we have a shortage of that so i would i, like I would like for you to jake, keep trying check out jake deacons apparently he's been on it a lot from what uh, my wife has been telling me just about all the things that he's been doing with his wife. And it's, uh, yeah, there's definitely some interesting things. Mike Fires is one that you need to check out because he has been on it consistently, like to the point <laughs> of guys on the, in our team group chat are being like, what are you doing, Mike? Stop it winning baseball back so he can stop doing this. So an intervention that. here. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Homework. That's good stuff. William coming with homework, TikTok homework. I love that. All right, Liam, time for our rapid fire. And, Speaking of your love for animals, if you could bring home one unique animal for the day to hang out with it in your home, what kind of animal would it be? Does it have to be like realistic bringing home? What can it be? All right, so I'm going to go with a great white shark. Yes. <laughs> um, my, we watched a documentary on ocean. Like it was a, a shark documentary about just the indigenous of uh, shark fin soup and stuff like that throughout. But it was just based on this this uh, group that kind of was like one chuck or something like that something along those lines but it was a really really cool documentary just a one episode thing and i've always liked sharks because of obviously being in australia it's kind of uh there's the stigma around that nobody wants to go to australia because we get attacked by sharks all the time which just isn't true so like i've always liked that and then uh my i don't know if you can tell this on camera my eyes are a little bit further further set apart so it's uh i i used to get called a hammerhead shark a little bit so it's just been been few my uh my love for sharks even more, but that's one of my, that's one of my, on the top of my bucket list is, uh, is going dive, like shark diving. So that, that'll be one of the things I have to do here in the near future. What would you name your shark that you brought home? Ooh, it has to be something normal because I just love the fact that pets names is like, not like Bruce. <laughs> so like Bruce is obviously the shark from Finding Nemo. 
So he yes. gets on there. That's that. Yes, yeah, so I think I think Bruce is a good one. Sold. I'm sold, Lex. <laughs> you want to go shark diving too, Lex? I know. I tried to go when I was in South Africa, and unfortunately, the village where it was all housed burnt down, and we weren't able to go. But man, it's on my bucket. It's the number one thing on my bucket list. So I'll get it done before I leave this earth for sure. Yeah, I want to do like I want to do the shark cage, and then I want to go just free with nothing around obviously yeah that i don't uh, want to do i want to be in the cage <laughs> but i have no problem with the free it'll probably well, obviously not with great whites or anything like that but like cage cage with great whites and then some like with the nurse sharks and even nest tiger sharks depending on what uh, climate and who what company and stuff you're in with but it was interesting watching this documentary it was they were saying you have to spin if you keep spinning around like not only do you get a vision on everything that's around you but for whatever reason if you lock eyes with a shark or if you look in their general direction, they kind of get a little terrified of anything. So they just, they stop and then they just start turning away and they, they showed multiple cases of that actually happening on video. So it was just interesting. Some things like that. Shark week here on the podcast. Yeah, I love that. Love shark week. <laughs> Your love for animals. We also know you have a love for travel and you had an incredible year traveling. Let's start with Italy. And then you were in Japan, you were in Hawaii and Australia. Am I missing anything? Yeah, so we did. Uh, we did a group. We did a like a. We do a kind of a, a yearly travel per se. So we did uh, first of all, we did London and then Paris, and then we from the, this is our uh, fifth wedding anniversary. So we went London then Paris, and then we went through Venice, uh, Venice, um, Florence, and then Rome, and that was all done in December of eighteen, I think. And so then 19 kicks around and we had our season where we started in Japan, which is phenomenal. I love just learning different things about different cultures and everything. So we went there and had an absolute blast, played the season. And then uh, we went to Hawaii for, for a vacation this off season. We broke it up a little bit from getting from Hawaii to Australia, which was actually quite nice. Just being able to break that trip up a little bit. But uh, yeah, we had a blast. Was, Hawaii was great. There was, um, we were walking along the beach at night and there was sea turtles just sleeping on the sleeping on the beach and, that was cool. Just the, the wildlife and the agriculture got to ride a horse for the first time, which is, which was a lot of fun. Like I'm definitely not very good at it, but it's something that I enjoyed. <laughs> What's one thing you brought back with you? Sunburn really. But, <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was just the little knickknacks and stuff like that. Like we brought home, uh, what did I bring? Home? I, I brought home the lay that I wore for the, uh, the little and the, the little dance and stuff like that. So we did that. Great. Um, but yeah, and these, these really cool like totem tiki mugs, for whatever we we got them at the Luau as well. But they were just these really cool like kind of very crack bandicoot like totem things that we we kept that we've uh, we've been using a little bit. But other than that, like I just yeah, we we go there. We we like experiences rather than like buying things and bringing them back. So we like doing the horseback riding, or we like just walking along the beach at and at eleven o'clock at night and seeing the sea turtles and. Just those things, which is uh, which is really cool. We like the experiences for sure. So lots of long flights. You're used to the long flights. I think the longest I've ever taken is only like 12 hours, maybe. But clearly, you are a professional. So what are your rules? What's your like Liam's rules for long flights? Charged headphones and at least two books. So whatever whatever book I'm reading plus another one. I won't get. I most of the time don't get through the books, but. Like even during the season, like we live, we're in Oakland, so we've got to travel to the East Coast a fair, fair amount. And so we've, I just have my headphones and then I have um, a, a book or two with me. 
and that's my go-to. Like all I do is sit there, I turn on my music, I sit there and read for however long we're going, which is, uh, yeah, I did that from Hawaii. Like I read the entire way from Hawaii to Australia. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing being able to just kind of sit there and then read a book. And then I always make sure to have the next book in whatever series I'm reading, just in case it leaves me on a cliffhanger and I can't go to another one. Oh. Like generally, I prefer to like read a book in a series and then go to a different series, just to kind of break up the monotony of just kind of do the same thing. But when I was going through, I was reading a series by Brent Weeks and I rattled off all five of them on that trip. So it's just, that was, uh, that was my go-to. I couldn't put them down. They were just very well written. My wife gets annoyed with me because as soon as we sit down, I've got the headphones on and I'm reading. And she's like, we haven't even started boarding. We haven't even gotten told to you know, put our seatbelts on or anything like that. And I'm just locked in. When you're flying with teammates, who's the most entertaining to sit next to? If you don't have your book, if you're not into reading for the moment or listening to music, who do you want to sit next to on those flights? Oh, so where, the way Oakland's plane is, it goes, uh, there's a card table on the front right. And there's two seats after that, two seats after that. And on the left side where I got to sit was just a solo seat. So I had no one next to me, which was fantastic. Because <laughs> I had no one I had to get over if I needed to go to the bathroom. I had no one to just like if I turned a light on because I, I really like reading actual books rather mm. than like sitting on the Kindle or anything like that. But so I have to have a light on while reading the books. And so that way I don't annoy the people next to me. But generally the younger guys seem to be the best ones. They're, they're the ones who are still excited about traveling. They're, they're the ones who kind of will stay awake and be either playing video games or playing cards or anything like that. So there's the card tables that we usually pretty good at. The, I think uh, I think Chapman and Olsen were kind of the ones that kind of ran the, the back card table last year so they were the they seem to be having a good time pretty much all the time for sure and then the ultimate question to recline or not to recline on the airplane i'm not a big recline guy never have been uh it's it's a personal choice it's nothing against the person behind me or anything like that it's just i don't i, I don't like feeling like i'm too far back likes you recline don't you always i always yeah. recline yeah i pay for that seat i pay for yeah. that button to do whatever i want and I'll hit the recline button. Oh, man. Liam, you got your first All-Star game nod. You got to rep the A's. So cool, man. We want to hear one story from All-Star that you have not told anybody. So I played catch with John Means the, uh, for the home run derby. That was, the, that was my throwing partner. So I played catch with him. We were kind of the, the odd ducklings that were kind of younger than everybody else and had no idea what was going on. So we played <laughs> catch together. And he almost killed me the first throw. So I'm like, okay, he's, he's a lefty. He's, he's going to have a little funk, but his ball took off. Like, I think the spin rate on the on his first throw must have been at least 3,000 because it, it took my head off. It was very close to hitting me, and that's just not something you want to do. There's fans behind me. I don't want to, one, have them be hit by a ball, but two, them see me drop a ball while being literally 60 feet away from the guy I'm playing catch with. So that was probably that. Um, that like, and then I got yelled at by the grounds crew because I every day I, throw a, I do my normal throwing program and then I throw a flat ground. I threw a flak around this day in Cleveland and I, I tore up the stud a little bit. So they kind of got a little annoyed at me. What about your favorite memory from All-Star Week? What stands out to you the most? Uh, I love being as part of the, uh, like how awkward and how great the car ride was. Cause I was sitting next to my wife, we're on the car. We had the nameplate there. We did all this. Everyone, I was very overzealous about throwing all the little gimmicks away that they had. So I'm throwing all these away and my wife has me on the leg and be like, look, don't throw them all away now. We've still got like three quarters of a mile to go. <laughs> so I'm looking up. I'm like, oh, okay, there's, there's, there's no more fans over there. And then we turn right. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> there's everybody else. But it was amazing because we're sitting on the thing. And there was actually people who recognized my wife more than me. So she grew up about 
hour and a half, two hours out of Cleveland. So I don't know if they were school friends. I don't know if they, they just knew her from things that she'd done, but it was, that was, that was kind of a cool experience for me being able to be the, uh, the like fangirling over my wife about how many people knew her. That was, that was a cool experience for sure. Power couple. Obviously you're Australian and there are a lot of different stereotypes. So we'd like to ask you what the most common one is that you have heard or seen or any of the above. So I'm actually wearing a shirt. If you can't see it, it says the great Southern land, which has Australia on it. So that's uh, just happened to pull that one out of the closet this morning. But the big, one of the biggest ones I got, well, I usually get is what, like you're Australian. Why don't you look like a Hemsworth? Um, so that's, that's a little annoying. Um, but yeah, it's like the, the generic ones is like, Oh, do you have kangaroos as pets? Do you have to really worry about sharks? Do you have to like, it's always about like the wildlife and, the Simpsons episode didn't help where the kid get, jumps on his trike and then has to ride for three miles to get to his house. But um, other than that, like I love going back because I, I convert everything into kilometers again, which is fantastic because it's just <laughs> so much more precise. <laughs> so much easier than like saying, oh, it's a quarter of an inch. I'm like, why don't you just have to like, it's, it's four centimeters. Why don't you say that? But it's, um, yeah, you get that a lot and it's a lot of ve like Vegemite, which I actually had Vegemite on toast for breakfast this morning. So there's that. And then, a lot of the food stuff. So it's just, it's just the generic stereotypical things you really hear. And that's not a knife. This is a knife kind of all, all that fun stuff that you get a lot of that's throw another shrimp on the Barbie, which we don't call them shrimp. We have prawns, but. So what's the Aussie slang that you use the most? I still say, so I'm a big, I say indicator instead of blinker when in a car signal. So I'm an indicator. Um, I'll still say tomato sauce instead of ketchup. I call it a serviette instead of a napkin. It, it just classes it up a little bit, you know? I went to go get ice cream with my British friend, and she said, do you want some hundreds and thousands on that? No, and I, I was love like, hundreds of thousands. What is that? <laughs> and she was like, sprinkles. And I was like, I don't know even what you're – that's so wild. Well, there's hundreds of thousands of them. I mean, it's that's sprinkles. That's so true. I, mean, uh, I love but that. You, but I, an Australian delicacy, if you put hundreds and thousands or sprinkles, but the dot ones, not the, not the rod ones, it has to be the dot ones. <laughs> You get like a nice piece of white bread, slather it in butter, and then just throw the sprinkles on top. It's called fairy bread. I was a senior in high school and I was taking fairy bread sandwiches to school for lunch and completely not ashamed of it at all. <laughs> I love that. Alexa's going to do that tomorrow. What are you talking about? Definitely not ashamed. <laughs> Actually, I have all of those ingredients in my pantry. Oh my God. I love that. Okay. So obviously we like to hear accents. We're big accent people. Can you give us a Bob Melvin impression in an American accent? Oh God. That's the problem. Like I love Bomo. He just doesn't like he's, he doesn't talk to the, especially the bullpen. He doesn't talk to the bullpen guys as much <laughs> as everybody else. So we're like, we're general, we stood away from him for 162 games. We don't have that kind of interaction a little bit. But I mean, I spoke to him a little bit last year because there was a there was a, a couple of months in there where he would get a chair installed in the dugout and then it would be gone the next day. And then the next home stand, there'd be a different chair in the dugout and then it would be gone again. So he's trying to figure out ways because he stands on the top step a lot. So he was standing on the top step. He was trying to figure out a way to kind of sit back. And so he wasn't as much pressure on his back and all this. But he could not find one that one he was comfortable to him, but two wasn't a huge safety issue in case a catcher decided to run over there and try and catch a pop-up. So <laughs> that was a whole thing with that, but it was just funny watching him do like do this. I've spoken to him about crystals a little bit because um, 
I, like I get into the whole crystal things. He's got a little Zen garden in his, uh, in his office. Like it's just a little like sand pit that he kind of rakes through and stuff. But we have our conversations about all the stuff like that, which it surprised me when he was into the crystal stuff that I, cause I was wearing a, uh, a bracelet at the time that had some like um, some molten rock and some kind of some of the gemstones around it. They kind of, I meant to promote certain different things and stuff. So he noticed that and was talking to him because his wife and his family are really into the whole crystal stuff as well. So my wife has got me into that and I sleep with crystals next to my bed. I have crystals in my locker at all times. I make sure to sun them every, pretty much every other week, make sure they're uh, replenishing their, their juices. And, and yeah, it's, it's, um, we've been talking about that, but I am so bad at impressions. My, uh, that, that was a, that was a source of contention in our bullpen was trying to get me to sound American anyway, because it's just terrible. But it's like every American guy trying to sound Australian just doesn't come out right. What do you, what did they have you say um, to try and sound American? So Doolittle was a big fan of <laughs> cheeseburgers and Budweiser's because he dealt with Grant Balfour doing that as well. So it was, hey, can I get some cheeseburgers and a Budweiser? And it was just like, it's because the way we try and like Australians don't pronounce their eyes as much. So, so when you go to American, what you do, you try and elongate some words and you try and make the R's very pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> you just sounded like such a frat boy and I love yeah. that. That was so good. <laughs> hey, Liam, if we had control over your Netflix, what would we find you watching? Oh, Netflix. So, so every, oh, I think, oh, I do watch Bones every night, but that's not on Netflix anymore. So what you'd recently find is a Formula One show which actually has a kid from my hometown called Daniel Ricardo. So he, uh, he oh. features pretty prominently in that. So that's actually been really cool because Formula One, I like Formula One racing. Just I'm not a huge aficionado of it, but I like it because it's actually on a track. It's not just going around and around in a lap. It's actually on a track where there's call, that turns, you have to do walkthroughs and stuff. So that's been cool. Uh, the other one was the oceans thing the, about the sharks. And then, uh, yeah, we've been – but the shows we've been watching lately have been like uh, 90 Day Fiance, um, <laughs> uh, Below Deck, my wife has on a lot. So yes. I love 90 Day Fiance because it's just cool. Like right now there's two Australians on there. There's a lesbian Australian couple and then there's a girl from Washington coming over to Australia. This is before the 90 days. This is one of the other ones. And then my wife just showed me a minute ago that she's pretty excited soon. The one that uh, it's 90 days the other way comes out soon so that's people going into other countries but it's just really interesting like different different organizations like different countries and the way they do things with their like family ties and who needs permission and watching people go over there and then be really shocked at the way other people live it's just it's always it's always fascinating to me you do read a lot so give us three books that you would take on a deserted island um idiot's guide to building a boat great um we need that <laughs> yeah um probably something to do with macgyver just because i feel like he can make a boat out of like a coconut sure and then something because i love fantasy fiction and so that would probably be lee bardugo is one of my favorite authors she writes some it's it's a lot of young adult fantasy fiction but i mean it's great storylines and it's easy to read which is right up my alley so she had a, a duology called the six of crows which I loved. And then in the second book, it was actually a character whose hand, like name was spelled the same as mine with Hendrix. So that kind of, uh, 
that that was kind of cool. I like that duology. It's called the Six of Crows. So that's, uh, that would be my other one, just a little little kickback to making sure I get something, some of the actual books I read out there. We talked to Cole Tucker like two months ago about starting a book club. I feel like we should connect you guys if you're not already, because that dude reads so often as well. And he's got some great picks. Um, and I don't know how to start a book club because I've never been a part of one and <laughs> I shouldn't be starting it, but maybe you could start a book club with your guys right now. As long as there's no, as long as there's no written exam at the end of each book, I'm fine with that. No. I, like I can read a lot. I love history, but you get me to do an essay and I am straight done and dusted. I cannot form a sentence like a written sentence to save my life. And like a lot of the times I'm reading stuff is about elves. So, I mean, it's <laughs> random names that I can't spell. And so I've, I've actually set myself a limit. I wanted to get through uh, a book a week for the year. Wow. So right now I'm at 17 or 18 books for the year. So I'm ahead of schedule. We talked about snacking. So let's take it a little bit further. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would you eat? Uh, Full-blown meal is probably a chicken parmesan. Do they have uh, a lot of those in Australia? Oh yeah, we go to, it's a pub meal. So you go down to the pub and you can get a chicken palm anywhere, but it comes with chi- it comes with fries or chips. So you get a chicken palm and chips. That's pretty much everywhere. And it's really hard to mess it up, which is always good. Between that and a toss-up and a good steak, because I, I love my steak. Our last one, my friend, for Rapid Fire. A celebrity, one of the characters in your books, someone from Below Deck. Pick one of those people. Who would, who would you interview and what would you ask them? Okay, so it's fresh on my mind right now because we're watching it yesterday. So I was, uh, it would be Ben from Below Deck. He's the chef. He's British. <laughs> so we've got that going on. But the food he makes in this tiny little galley kitchen is, is incredible. Generally, I'd ask him spice-wise, like how he knows that the right amount, like certain things about cooking because I, I don't cook very well. I know the basics of making like a very bland chicken breast and some steamed broccoli, but that's about it. And then I'm, I'm aficionado at toasts, microwavables, and takeout orders. So generally there's that. But I want to talk to him about, like, we've got a couple of the steaks in here about cooking a steak in an oven, seasoning-wise, like, kind of charring-wise. Like, what do you do to kind of do it that way? But that would be my question. Just pretty much about food and then how he's able to survive on sea on a yacht for that long. Liam, we wrap up the podcast with two things. One, if you could only relive one moment over and over again when you were on the mound, what would it be? There's one in 2015. It was the day after my nan passed away. And I was pitching. I didn't tell anybody. No one on the team knew. I came in and pitched that night. And I was against, I think, the Twins. And so I came in. I went strikeout, strikeout. And then Eduardo Escobar hit a ball off the top of the wall. And if you know Toronto, it looks like the walls move a little bit. So the wall looked like it moved just that little bit and the ball hit off the very, very top corner and bounced back into play. Ended up with a double and then I ended up striking the next guy out. So it was a strike out the side with giving up a double that should have been a home run. So that, and there's a photo of me with my hat over my heart just looking up to the sky. So that was, that was a cool one for me. Just on a, like a more, slightly morbid but kind of an inspirational kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. the other one would be I struck out Alex Gordon last year for, I can't remember if it was the, I'm pretty sure it was the Oakland A's reliever strikeout record. And that was something that I had no intention of looking at it at all during the course of the season, but ended up kind of doing that. And it was a guy I'd played with. And I remember doing it because I pointed to the wrong direction first. So I pointed towards the first base side instead of the third base side. I don't know why. But then I kind of screamed a little bit after that and then saw dots. But that was one of the ones I remember from last year. It's just that because I'm an emotional person, I, I kind of 
get I get intense, I get screamy, and it was just that that moment was kind of a, a cool surreal experience because I just it's something that I never expected to do, and I was able to pass guys like Dennis Exley and Raleigh Fingers and and Blake Trinan and stuff like that. It's the guys who had phenomenal years, and that's just that was a that was a very cool experience that you'll have with you for the rest of your life. That's pretty. I've incredible. got the ball in my I've got the ball in my closet wow. at home. All right. And finally, to wrap up the podcast, we do this with every guest. We want to know your most embarrassing story. It's these ones that keep you up at night that you never remember when the sun's out. Um, <laughs> like I, you'd be lying in bed and you'd be like, man, I wish I had a different answer to that conversation I had 15 years ago. And then it's like during the middle of the day, you never think about it. But um, I don't get embarrassed too easily because I'm very aloof and nothing kind of bothers me too much. How about a moment you saw somebody else be embarrassed oh, I mean I've seen one of the guys I used to play with he fell over while standing still so that was one, that was that was an interesting one I want to say the name because I don't want to like I don't want to make him feel embarrassed this season so it's uh but yeah just literally standing outside on a curb before we were going out this is this is a good 15 years ago as well oh sorry not 15 years ago 12 years ago because we were a legal <laughs> drinking age but 12 years ago and he standing upright and just decided to fall over. I don't know what he was doing. He just fell. It was one of the weirdest things. You know when you see things in slow motion? It happened in complete slow motion of just him standing there, looking over and then just falling the other way. And it was before we'd started drinking. There was no, wasn't alcohol induced. There was nothing going on. It was just he fell over. Unbelievable. <laughs> Liam, we want to thank me. you so much for hopping on the podcast with us. Stay safe. Thank you for all of the amazing work that you're doing for people who are less fortunate right now to help them out and to keep them as safe as possible and for raising awareness. Um, we not only love your work on the field, but off of it, we really appreciate it. And uh, it's pretty inspiring to watch. So thank you so much for hopping on and, and spending some time with us and stay safe, uh, you and your wife and all your fur babies. Thank you very much. I'll make sure to give them all a, give them all a hug once I'm done because they've been having to hear me talk a lot. So they're all asleep on the couch. I think my wife's upstairs doing her doing her own video stuff now. So thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. Again.